Hello, I'm Gemma Frith and welcome to Wolves Weekly where I'm joined by club commentator Mikey Burrows. Mikey, I've seen a lot of you this past week. How are you doing? <laughs> you, see, you say that like it's a real negative. <laughs> how, how dare you? <laughs> it's brilliant to see your face again this morning. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, hello. I, I'm always pleased to see you, Gem. Uh, clearly, it's not it's not the same reciprocal arrangement. How, this is outrageous. <laughs> no. What a start to the show this week. <laughs> brilliant weekend it's been a really good weekend of course we had uh, for you it's been three games in a row um but i saw you on saturday at sheffield united um on sunday for the Wolverine game and then you had the under 23s on monday as well um so it's been it's been a busy one again it's been a busy couple of weeks recently with matches um so let's dive straight in first of all to sheffield united on saturday Another victory, 1-0, another clean sheet. Lots to be happy with um, from that performance. And of course, William Jose's first goal, finally, after um, last week when it was ruled out cruelly by VAR to actually get his goal in the back of the net. Incredible. Yeah, absolutely delighted for him. And I think everybody should be because he's worked so incredibly hard. Uh, It's difficult to come in to a team midway through the season, especially in the circumstances that Wolves were at the time, mm-hmm. and provide the kind of uh, consistency that I think he has. And I know there are some fans that have maybe looked at him and kind of gone, they would have liked more goals out of him. But he's had to learn a very different style of play mm-hmm. uh, amongst a team that is constantly had to change because of injuries and COVID isolations and all that kind of stuff that goes with it. And we're not in a great spell of form at the time. So they've had to dig in, get themselves back into a routine, as it were. And we've seen in the last couple of games that he has been much more of a threat, much more inside that kind of the the imaginary tram lines from either side of the post that, you know, you, you talk about Chris Wellamo always talks about strikers getting into that kind of area. Deserved the goal at Fulham. Tomo made the point on our Match Day Live Extra that it was a very similar kind of movement mm-hmm. that yeah. saw him get on the end of Adama Traore's cross. So that bodes really well for him. Congratulations to him. Finally got a goal. <laughs> I, I'm kind of tempted Jem to mark it down as his second because yeah, he deserved the I other one as well. Um, <laughs> and he, I thought it was just a, you know, it, it wasn't... It wasn't an amazing performance from Wolves. Let's be honest about that. Um but it was almost a textbook Wolves performance in some ways because they were the better team. Mm-hmm. They did enough to win the game. They, Yes, they had to soak up some pressure second half, but of course they did because Sheffield United had to win the game to keep alive any hopes of realistically staying up. So sometimes I think, Jem, we almost disregard the opponents mm-hmm. and we, we make all our assumptions and judgments on the game based solely on how we feel Wolves have been. Sheffield United gave it as good a go as they could and they put Wolves under a bit of pressure but Wolves withstood it. There wasn't a huge amount for Rui Patricio to do. That's why I say it's almost textbook because they're quite comfortable Mm -hmm. at soaking up that kind of pressure and then we kept hitting them on the counter-attack. Probably could have had a couple more goals. There were some really good counter-attacks where maybe the, the final decision wasn't right in the final third. But, you know, we won the game back-to-back 1-0 victories and we're still looking up and not over our shoulders 
Let's be happy about that. Yeah, there are lots of positives. And of course, keeping a clean sheet as well. Second in a row now um, after yeah, two, two one-nil wins. Um, that's really important. You know, we were, we've been talking over the past few weeks about how we need to ensure we're not conceding that first goal. And I think particularly looking ahead to Sunday uh, when we're going to face Burnley, um, that's going to be a tough match as well. And Sean Dyche's side are very just defensively strong. Um, so I think it's going to be a tough match. And if we can hopefully avoid conceding that first goal again, it could be an interesting game. Yeah, and look, you're playing against teams at this stage of the season who have something to play for, right? You know, as I say, Sheffield United yeah. had to win that game. That otherwise, they're you know, as we know, they've gone, right? And a draw wouldn't have done anything for them. So they had to come out and try and win that game second half. Burnley, uh, you know, maybe just looking over their shoulder a little mm -hmm. bit. They'll yeah. probably be okay because Fulham have slipped away from form, you know, especially from us beating them yeah. and then their late equaliser at Arsenal. But they'll still be desperate for points. Everybody, there are other teams. And the beauty of the Premier League, and we're not going to talk about the whole Super League stuff, but the beauty <laughs> of the Premier League and the reason why the Premier League is so successful and why there are so many eyes on it is because it is the most competitive domestic league in the world. And these are very good football teams who are very well organised. And a lot of the times they cancel each other out and you need those moments of magic. And in the last couple of games, we've seen Adama Traore, in both matches really, produce something special to help us win the game. Mm -hmm. And that's the different level that you get to. So Burnley will be tough. They will be organised. They're physical. We owe them one for beating us at their place just before Christmas. Yeah. Wolves weren't great that day, so we need to keep this run going. And if we can keep winning games, and even if it is only 1-0 in quite scrappy matches, we're going to climb the table. Mm -hmm. And the closer you get to the top 10, the financial rewards for that are really, really mm -hmm. important. Yeah, I think you're right. The opponents we've had recently, the opponents we've got coming up as well, are all at the bottom of the table, all desperate for points, you know, facing Fulham, desperate to get some wins or even a draw out of that match. Sheffield United obviously had to win to, to survive. Um, Burnley in a dangerous place. I mean, I think they're actually, um, yeah, something like six points, I think, between them and Fulham. So they are they are looking fairly safe, but they need to be careful and they need to sort of be keeping an eye on um, Fulham's performances as well. We're also facing Brighton in the next few weeks. They're in a slightly dangerous position. They've done better over the last few weeks, but still need to be careful. West Brom as well. We've got some tough matches coming up. Um, but yeah, I think we're doing well at the moment. And if we can keep this up, then um, hopefully we can get some more some more wins and climb the table, as you said. Well, listen, Joe, you know that I'm a glass half full person. Right? <laughs> I, I am always positive about these things. And I look at uh, the performance against Sheffield United and I think Ray and Nori had probably his best game, certainly defensively, but also tearing forwards mm -hmm. at times. I yeah, thought he was yeah. really good, Ray and Nori. I thought Nelson Semedo had a really good game yeah, as did. well. And, you know, and Adama Traore produced a special moment. As you mentioned, Willian got his goal. We kept a clean sheet for the second week in a row, which is big boost to the confidence, switching back to the five at the back from the start as well, by the way. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot to be positive about there. Let's, let's stay positive. Let's keep moving forwards. Game by game. This is the Nuno coming out in me. <laughs> One game at a time. Yeah. Move forwards. But... Let's, let's just give it some context mm -hmm. around who we're playing, the stage of the season. Yeah. These are tough matches. Nuno, again, 
They're all tough matches. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah, lots, lots of positives and lots of things to be happy about. Um, but that wasn't the only game we had this weekend, of course. You and me were both in Telford for a Wolvesman game against Blackburn Rovers ladies as well. Unfortunately, uh, on this occasion, the result didn't go our way. It ended 5-2. But I think that, to be honest, is to be expected. And the fact that we put in such a strong performance, and it was really narrow margins, to be honest, by the end, um, that we yeah we got knocked out in, in the fourth round of the FA Cup. But what an absolutely incredible run they've been on. They were against the odds the whole way through. When we were at the in the second round of the FA Cup, two, two and a half weeks ago now at Castlecroft, you know, they, they, it was unlikely they were going to win that match going into it everyone thought you know Nottingham Forest they're in the tier above they're a very strong side um, and it obviously went right down to the wire as well going into extra time and then penalties and then we we clinched the win um, so going to Watford was a bit of a, of a bonus you know getting into the third round going there and then once again showed the absolute um, talent and determination and, that Wolves women have and how deserved it was for them to get into the fourth round and um it has shown so many people how much drive, determination, fight and passion Wolves women have. And I think we've created some new fans, hopefully for the future, that people are going to be wanting to go and see Wolves women playing in person next season. And it's been an absolute pleasure to cover um, cover their matches over the past few weeks, as I'm sure you'll agree. And um, I'm really looking forward to what looks like it's going to be a bright future for the club. Yeah, it, it was really good. And... Um, you deserve an awful lot of credit because my role on these kind of matches is really easy because I'm just <laughs> waiting for kickoff. Whereas you were the one who was stood there waiting to find out when kickoff was going to happen, yeah, well, that's, that's when, you're, when you were going to have to go live and start presenting. <laughs> and there were some issues as well around that people won't have known about just before <laughs> we started as well. So I'm sat there uh, up in the press box at the New Books Head, absolutely <laughs> loving life, watching you get stressed and have to deal with all this. <laughs> And then watch the game. So credit to you. And I also wanted to ask you, actually, because you didn't get to see, like, the Watford game live. Yeah, 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 yeah. So did you see kind of what or what difference did you see in them from when you watched them against Forest to three weeks later? I think it's, um, well, yeah, I managed to watch the um, Watford game on the stream, which was, uh, it's a totally different experience, obviously. I love, I love being able to, um, to watch them in person, but it, watching it from home almost was even, even more nerve wracking. So I feel like I wasn't, I wasn't there to, to speak to anybody or see what was going on. And um, it was incredible. I think that from Nottingham Forest to Watford, I think, it, it massively boosted them. It massively boosted them. Obviously, they hadn't played for, what was it, four months before Forest. Um, so it was a really tough match. Um, and I think by the end, particularly after 120 minutes, you know, looking ahead to Watford, we were thinking they're going to be exhausted. Um, they had a couple of people. I think some of them was um, not fit to play the following week. People, they were just pure exhaustion after not playing for so long and then putting in so much work at Nottingham Forest we weren't sure how it was going to go at Watford but you wouldn't I don't think you would have known you wouldn't have known the performance was so strong they did brilliantly they absolutely outplayed Watford um it was a really really incredible performance and as those goals just kept going in in the second half it was amazing to watch from home and even more exciting than to be able to come back at Blackburn last Sunday um, and it, I think the girls put in again like a really strong performance you know um, looking at the two sides Blackburn were the stronger side towards the end um, but I think 
the difference between them didn't look like two two tiers of difference. Um, and I think that just shows the the strength of Waterman and how much they deserve to be a tier above. Um, they're currently sitting in the fourth tier um, and Blackburn are in the championship in the second tier. And, and you pointed out to me as well on the day that a lot of the Blackburn players are in, on professional yeah. contracts. Um, they've played for WSL teams. Um, and I think, you know, the fact that we put up such a fight all the way down to the, down to the end there, you know, one of the goals was a penalty, um, a couple of free kicks, you know, it, it wasn't, there wasn't a huge amount in it. Um, and, um, yeah, just being able to sort of speak to, to Dan McNamara at the end of the match, I said to him, I said, oh, commiserations down, you know, the cups come to the end. And he was like, there's no commiserations here. He was so happy with the girls' performance, how pleased he was um, with how far they'd got. Um, it was it was really amazing to see. And I genuinely believe there is such a, a bright future now for, for Wolves women. And they have applied for upward movement because um, the league was suspended this year. Um, and they, was, they, they said there's going to be no promotions and relegations from their tier. Um, but they have allowed them to apply for upward movement and potentially um, be able to get in into the third tier for next season which would be incredible there's no word on that yet but we will let you know as soon as we hear any news on that because it is so deserved and I really hope the fact they've got this far in the FA Cup and done so so well is just absolute proof to the FA how much they deserve to be playing in in, in the tier above um, but that's actually not the end of their season they're going to be playing a cup now um, a sort of some friendly matches until the end of the season to keep up um, to keep up what they've been working on in these past few matches in the FA Cup. Um, they're actually playing again on Sunday, Sunday 25th, same day as Burnley. Uh, they're playing at home to Stoke and they've also got games against Loughborough and Lincoln coming up as well. So keep up to date with those results uh, across social media. If you don't already follow Waterman on Twitter, um, lots to keep up to date with there. And I, yeah, I really hope that our live streams, as you were saying, have have really um, drummed up some new support and some very deserved support for Waterman. I mean, I think I saw it was over 50,000 fans fans mm. tuned in over the past three weeks which is just absolutely incredible and credit to you as well Mikey um you were on your no, own no, at Watford's no. you had a you had a tougher you had a tougher job there and um being able to you and Claire Hakeman as a pair has been an absolute pleasure to listen to you've um you've both been incredible and I hope we'll see more from Claire over the um coming weeks and months as well yeah made her match day live extra debut she did united as well was was superb she's she's fantastic she's got such an incredible insight on the game and she's yeah really a pleasure to listen to so um yeah we've done we've we've done brilliantly and i'm always i'm always sad we haven't got another game to go and um, live stream (laughs) they've been so much fun like it really is so much fun going along to these games and presenting pitch side or up in the stands as it was um on sunday as you as you said um but yeah it's been a pleasure and i hope everyone watching at home enjoyed it as well absolutely also then on monday you had yet another game you had to get yourself down for uh, under 23s we had a black country derby didn't we mikey yes uh west Bromwich albion with the visitors to agborough which was absolutely delightfully bathed in sunshine <laughs> apart from where i was oh, which no. was up in the stand and freezing cold um <laughs> But they're in an interesting situation now. We're getting towards the end of the season in in what's called Premier League 2, Division 2. And James Collins' side are going, hopefully, to push towards promotion. Um, The other teams who were kind of involved had played on the Friday, so they kind of knew the situation that they were in. 
They lost a couple of players to injury in the first half, Austin Samuels and Nigel Lonvijk, which kind of uh, affected their the the way they were trying to go about things, really. <laughs> Connor Carty came on and got his goal in the second half, which was great for him because he'd only scored one so far this season. He's had a few injuries as well. It's his first season at under-23 level, so really nice for him to get a goal. Yeah, It, it looked like they were going to hang on. And then West Brom, to, to their credit, kept going and kept going. And a little mistake right at the end inside their own penalty area where kind of two Wolves players kind of left it to each other and, and dangled a foot out. And down went the Albion fullback and they got a penalty, which they scored superbly well. You know, Joe Young was so close to getting it. It was right in the corner. Mm. And they end up having to, to share the points, which was frustrating for them. But genuinely, Jem, if anybody tuned into that game, and I know there were a few who were messaging me during it, Mm -hmm. going like, I don't understand how this is nil-nil in the first half. Like, it was one of the best nil-nil first halves you will ever see. (laughs) I I said in commentary, they scored four goals against Newcastle last time out. They could have scored four in the first 15 minutes. They were so good going forwards. Theo Corbinu, Owen Hesketh. Uh, even you know Luke Kundal, they, they had so many good opportunities. The West Brom goalkeeper was playing a blinder, mm-hmm. certainly in that opening half an hour, and then the injuries came. Um, but it was a good performance, and it keeps their little run going at the minute. How many games are left now for the under twenty threes? What what comes next for them? So they have three games of the regular season remaining, and then they're into a playoff picture, which is a little bit different to how the playoffs kind of work in Championship and League One and League Two. So there's no home and away ties. It's just one-legged. And the higher you finish in the table, you get home advantage. Mm -hmm. So um, Leeds have won the title. They're promoted. And then it's second plays fifth and third plays fourth. Right, Okay. Wolves uh, uh, are in and around mixing for that third spot. Stoke are a couple of points clear for second, so they may well hang on to second, Mm -hmm. which means reality for our advantage. We're playing for that third spot. Um, We've got Norwich to come next Monday. Again, you'll be able to watch it live on Wolves TV. And then back-to-back games with Reading, who are very much in that picture as well. So they could, you know, be mini playoff games before the potential playoff game. So it's really interesting. We went through this a couple of years ago. Um, Scott Sellers' team got to the playoffs and we lost to West Ham in kind of the semi-final, if you like. Um, And then two years ago, Rob Edwards' team, as it was then, got promoted. They actually won Premier League 2 Division 2 by turning things around in the last couple of minutes at Man United. Oh, my goodness. And that Man United team had, like, Mason Greenwood and all (laughs) these other players in it who have since gone on to be first-team footballers. And Wolves turned it around. Like, they were 2-0 down with about eight minutes to go, I think, and they won it 3-2. Like, it's great watching. And just like the women have been great watching the last couple of weeks, I thoroughly urge people to watch the under-23s and give them support if you can because they've got a massive couple of weeks ahead of them. It's going to be really exciting. So when is is the next stream? Do you have the date of the next fixture? So next Monday, we are at Kidderminster, Mm -hmm. um, which has become our home this season. Um, I know Wolves have put some investment into the pitch there and it's it's been looking absolutely amazing. So uh, it's a one o'clock kickoff mm-hmm. next Monday against Norwich, the under-23s. Make sure to tune in. 
make sure you tune in Wolves TV and YouTube. It's going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting match. Um, so today, also, Mikey, you put out a tweet. We've been asking if you to submit some questions they might have for us, um, anything that we can answer. And it actually has been a question about the under twenty threes. Ad Sidaway has asked, "How confident are you that the likes of Marquez and Lonvike will get a first team chance this summer?" Um, I'm getting more and more confident, to be honest with you. And again, I want to throw Lewis Richards into that. I know I did that last week, but I really like him. And I thought he had a great performance against West Brom on Monday. But all three of them are looking like real prospects. Mm -hmm. Lonvike, unfortunately, got an injury and had to go off in the first half of the game against the Baggies. Um, And I know he had a little bit of a knock kind of leading into the game. So they'll be kind of wary and try and nurse him through. But... Christian Marquez, to me, we know he's been around for quite a while. You know, Nuno took him to the Asia Trophy, which feels like an age ago now. And he was a very young player. He has developed physically and he looks a very good prospect. Mm-hmm. And I think it's helping him that the under-23s are playing four at the back at the moment. Yeah. Not necessarily five at the back every game because it helps him learn a slightly different position. He was, Jem effectively the Connor Cody of the academy for the last couple of years. And so it's now good to see him adapting to a different role as well. Um, I think Theo Corbinu, again, is one who has been pushing. Nuno spoke about him in his uh, pre-Sheffield United press conference. Um, He was was lively, again, against West Brom. He got his goal on international duty for Canada. And we spoke to him, and you can see that interview at wolves.co.uk and via the Wolves app and the social media channels. Um, So there's some really interesting players in there that no doubt Nuno might want to have a look at before the season's over. Who knows? You know, we we all know that we don't have a, a gigantic squad, and some of these players have been on the fringes, knocking on the door. If they get their chance, it'll be nice for them. And it'll be nice for us to see that all the work that's gone on over the last couple of years starting to bear fruit. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's why I think it's so good to be able to tune in to the Answer 23 stream and see the future of Wolves. Definitely want to tune into on Monday. Um, another question that we've had is from at KingWolf84, nag on Twitter, um, who's asked about Wolves women and their long-term aspirations. Now, we already spoke about how they want to progress into the tier above. Um, but long-term is interesting. I think, obviously, you know, the sky's the sky's the limit. They um, they have huge aspirations, particularly under Dan McNamara, who is um, a, f- a fantastic manager and um, really really motivates the team and, and has really really big aspirations. Um, he actually spoke on Sunday when we faced Blackburn that um, they've had an incredible journey over the past few seasons, and he wants to sort of follow in their footsteps. Gemma Donnelly, their manager, she took charge a couple of seasons ago. Now they were promoted to the championship in 2018-19, and they've been doing brilliantly. Um, and I think. We've also sort of heard over the past few weeks about how good of a standard our facilities are for the Waterman team compared to other teams in the tiers they're playing in at the moment. So we have the right foundations to be able to really launch this team um, further up um, the tier system. And hopefully, as we say, next season we'll be playing in the third tier if everything goes as it hopefully should do. And yeah, I think like the fact they've been able to compete so well against teams in the tier above them shows just how much how much talent there is in that in that squad. There's lots lots more to come for them and lots more successes in the pipeline. Yeah, it's a project, isn't it? Yeah, uh, and yeah, yeah. you know that's worth pointing out that 
I think sometimes, and I understand the question because everyone's excited yeah. about what we've seen over the last couple of weeks, but sometimes it, it's not necessarily healthy to start going what we're going to do in, in five, ten yeah, years' time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that, and that's not necessarily the Wolves' way, as we've seen and spoken about. You know, we we are planning, we are building, and I, I, I take it, and you've spoken to Dan McNamara more than I have, um, you know, that that's the, exactly the same on the women's side as it is on the men's, and good luck to them. And yeah. like you say, we hope to see plenty more of them because I loved watching those games. Yes, absolutely. I think lots of lots of people did. We've had yeah, we've had some really really great feedback, and there's a huge huge amount of support for them. So yeah, I really wish them all the best. Um, and finally today, we asked on Twitter for fans' favourite games under Nuno in the Premier League, and Margaret Bowen has come up with a fantastic one: Southampton away last season, January 2020, um, coming back. 2-0 to 2-3. What a game that was. I can't believe how long ago this feels. <laughs> I know I say this a lot, but like when you watch stuff like this back and you see full stadiums and it just feels like a lifetime ago. It makes me feel old in a really weird way. <laughs> um, it, this was a great game. Yeah. And we'd been beaten at Southampton the season before. And we've had some really good games with them, actually, over the last couple of years. And when you're 2-0 down at half-time, you think the game's gone. And so many times under Nuno in the Premier League, we have produced comebacks that almost defy belief sometimes. That the team is capable of doing stuff that just leaves you lost for words. And this was one of those games where Pedro Neto got us back into it with a close-range finish. And then uh, it was Johnny that won the penalty. And this is why I love Johnny so much, because <laughs> he popped up in an area where you're like, what's Johnny doing there? <laughs> How is he the most advanced man? Like the left wing back. And, that, and that, where, that's when, when Wolves have got a full, fully fit squad and everybody is playing at their best. And this is why I always talk about being positive and, and looking ahead for what this team can do. Because yeah. they can do stuff where when you're in the ground, you're like, hang on a minute. He was 40 yards away five <laughs> seconds ago, and now he's there, and he's won a penalty. And I think it was actually VAR, by the way, that, that actually gave the penalty. It was oh, originally amazing. given as a corner. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know, VAR's not completely <laughs> against us in those circumstances. And then Raul gets the winner. Uh, it was a lovely kind of interplay between him and Adama Traore, Gem, where, uh, you know, Traore got it to Jimenez on halfway, released Adama, and Adama runs and then pulls it back and a beautiful Raul Jimenez finish. And it, I think those goals actually made that Raul Jimenez was kind of Wolves' top scorer in the Premier League era as well, which was special for him. Yeah. Um, so it was just... And there's also... Um, that I don't know if you've ever seen this, actually, because you, obviously you're relatively new to it. Um, there's a clip... Uh, you know, like when fans now, like every club has fans who do like YouTube videos where they interview yeah, fans and yeah, stuff yeah, after yeah. the game. There is a great clip of a Wolves fan interrupting like a Southampton fan TV thing oh outside the ground. This. Honestly, I'm going to find it to you and send it to you because it's a brilliant where uh, the the Southampton fans like being asked the question, you know, like, oh, we were great first half, blah, blah, blah. And the Wolves fan stood there and he just leans in and goes, and then we outplayed your second half. <laughs> Come on, me babbies! And walks off with the biggest grin on his face. And I love it so much. 
<laughs> oh, that's incredible. Yeah, please do send me that afterwards. I'm sure there probably is lots of listeners that are familiar with that clip, but if they haven't, they should have a look as well, because that sounds, that sounds absolutely fantastic. <laughs> oh, what a match. What a day. And um, what an incredible way to end today's Wolves Weekly as well. Thank you so much for joining me, as always, Mikey. It's been a pleasure. And um, I will see you again at the weekend on Sunday at Burnley. If you'd like anything else answered, then do please reach out on Twitter at Mikey Burrows and at Jem Frith. And we'll answer some of your questions again next week. We'll see you then. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.